Hello and welcome to another episode of the Tip Balls Podcast. I am your host, Sam Randazzo, and I am joined today by my rather chilly co-hosts. To my far right, it is the one, the only, Uncle Sam. Fucking cold out here. <laughs> and right here next to me, it is none other than Mr. Zolo, Mike Palazzolo. It is a little cold down here. And behind the computer, uh, with his nipples hard and his brain soft, it is Bruce, the tugboat. And you Vindidi. know what? Hiding like a turtle in a shell. What's up? Okay. Um, we are in a little bit of a dead zone as far as NFL goes right now. I mean, we had the draft, right? And it was just uh, nothing but talking points came from to, to the up to the draft. From after the draft, all of it, there was plenty of content. Then we had the schedule release, which we talked about for the last two weeks. And, I mean, there's so much there just trying to think about these matchups based on what we know from last year that that's just a ton of fun to talk about. But now we kind of don't have too much. But the NFL is a 365-day-a-year business, so there is enough there to keep our intrigue. But... It's not as exciting as as what we dealt with for through all of April and into the beginning of May. Either way, it's Memorial Day weekend. OTAs have started. Some guys didn't show up. Uh, I, I saw on Twitter there was a ton of hate towards Chase Young today for not showing up after nobody needs it more than him. Um, but there was some very sad. A lot, a lot of these guys haven't even signed their contracts yet, so it's not really surprising. Well, yeah, and we're going to talk later in the show about some guys who are some guys who have come to resolutions yeah. with their teams, some guys who are unhappy with their current teams, and what could happen with them going forward. But before we go there, uh, we need to discuss there was a uh, tragic death this week. Um, one of the greatest running backs in NFL history, Jim Brown, passed away. Um, one of the best Cleveland Browns players of all time, I would say, correct? Probably the best Cleveland's Brown player of all time. Maybe the most notable. Well, I mean, the most that's... notable because he was dominant in the fifties and the sixties. I mean, past that, I mean, I mean, he didn't play very long. You know, yeah, only won... an eight-year career. Yeah, he wanted to be a movie star. He didn't want to be a football player. So, I mean, it's what it is. <laughs> uh, he was a three-time NFL MVP, NFL Rookie of the Year. Uh, eight-time first-team All-Pro. Uh, he won an NFL championship in 1964, obviously pre-Super Bowl era we're talking here. So this right. is right in your wheelhouse pre-Super Bowl Well, era. I, I mean, let, let's let's be honest. The guy was a Cleveland icon, I would say. I mean, he's probably the most popular Cleveland Brown of all time. It's not saying much. Yeah. It, it's Cleveland. I, I mean, I'm not trying to be an asshole, but it's Cleveland. Well, and we all know what Cleveland is. Cleveland's the asshole of America. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, I, I mean, listen, Jim Brown was a lot of things. You know, I, I think he was a little je jealous of Muhammad Ali. People loved Muhammad Ali. They gathered to him. And uh, I he tried to kind of go down that same step, you know. Back then, it was cool to be an activist and a civil rights, which was great, you know. But, I mean, if you're going to hang out with people, you're hanging out with Malcolm X and Muhammad Ali. I mean, if 
you think back around that time, you ask anybody, hey, who was uh, who was hanging out with Muhammad Ali? They would have said Malcolm X, not Jim Brown. I mean, it's what it is. The guy's shady, as far as I'm concerned. He had a shady past. He had a, uh, his career was cut short because he decided to be a movie star instead of playing football. And and, and I'm not saying nothing about it. I, I mean, I, he decided to do that. That's best for him. But the way he went about it was kind of cheap. And uh, I I just think he was a little, to me, he's he's overrated. Tell us about that shady past, because I personally didn't learn about it until recently, until well, until listen, the, the obituaries he, came out. I, I am not going to sugarcoat this. The, the guy would beat women, and that's what he used to do. And the only reason why he wasn't incarcerated is because the majority of them dropped the charges because they didn't want to get him in trouble. And, and I, you know what? Uncle Sam's balling even a fist over here. Then, you guys can't see it, but because he, he's balling a fist right now, I just want yeah. Because even back then, even back then, they were, they were above the law. That's all I'm going to say. They were above the law back then, just like they are now. And when you put your hands on women, and this guy was habitually putting his hands on women. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't fucking agree with that, and I don't think he's the greatest running back. Of all time, he played against a bunch of six foot two, two hundred and thirty pound white dudes. Okay, <laughs> guess what? You're not great. You're not fucking great. I don't care what anybody says. Barry Sanders is the greatest running back to play the game, bar none. Well, yeah, I mean, look what happened to Kareem Hunt off of that one. R- right. You know I, what I'm I, saying? I mean, come on. I mean, are, are we serious? Are we really going to go here, Ray Rice? You see what Ray Rice did? Chip Brown used to do it every weekend. Nobody said anything. Nobody gave shit. Including the mother of his children, if I remember correctly. Too. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, I mean, you know what? I, I don't want to tarnish the guy. I get it. R.I.P. You're a great guy. Yeah, sure you are. But R.I.P. <laughs> rest in peace. You did the league solid, I guess, when you were there. When, when you weren't being questioned every week. I um I didn't know about this until recently, and uh, I remember I was scrolling through the Twitter feed. I was off. I was disconnected when that that news came into the pipeline the other night, um, and I remember scrolling through the feed and looking to see what people had to say. And um, were you surprised on how how many people did not speak well of him? I was shocked. So I was shocked. So uh, that I. Eventually, that came eventually because I think yeah. some people waited a day. But I remember ESPN mentioned it. That, I mean, they probably had their obit prepared. It's a normal thing in that world when people get old, you prepare their obit- their obituary twenty years before they die, even. And I'll bet they've been sitting on that for a while, so they could just click publish when the time comes. And in it, they mention that they mention you know his past is kind of marred by some run-ins with the law, in particular domestic situations um, with people close to him. And I remember someone commenting on Twitter, wife, man. his own wife, on. his own wife, mo- mother of his kids, and someone on Twitter that I follow. I can't remember who it was, if it was a football pundit, but someone someone that doesn't work for ESPN said, you know, it was kind of weird for ESPN to say that day one. But but no, it's not. That's a part of history, number one. Number two, it happened. We can't just forget that it happened. Now, I didn't know it happened. Listen, it, it, no, nobody's perfect. And, I, and I'm not I'm not. I'm not here just bashing him for no reason. Nobody's perfect. 
but don't celebrate a guy like they, you know, I, I guess he's celebrated in Cleveland and don't celebrate it because it's bullshit. Because if he was playing in today's times, he would have been ran out of the league and probably incarcerated three or four times. So I, I think it's bullshit. I, you know what? Maybe he was great for back then when the, when the game wasn't what it is now. So um, I'll say this much. Just going back and looking at tape at him, a tape of him and going back and looking at tape of Barry Sanders or Emmett Smith, even for that matter, or anyone from the 2000s, Walter Payton. Walt, Walter Payton uh, I, I can understand how Jim Brown transcends his era, but they ran a lot different in that era. And, that's um, all he did was run. That's all he did was run. And you, and you run in between the tackles. There was no pass catching. There was not not a lot of jet sweeps. Like you just ran, and you were heralded if you were the most durable runner and had the most carries and put up the most yards, which he did. And, I, and I'll give him a little like credit I, for like that. Like I said, here's a running back that weighed 235, 240 pounds, running up against defensive linemen that are the same size he is. Mm-hmm. What what big stretch are we doing here? What big what big accomplishment is that? I think um, people were a little enamored with him yeah. in, in oh. certain communities. So he went to Syracuse, and Syracuse today is a lacrosse school. And back then he had big shoes to fill. I think he was – Ernie Davis was well, a couple they, years before him. They did him. say he was the greatest lacrosse player ever to yeah. play lacrosse. If, if there was a and professional I, lacrosse yeah. league – um, and everyone that he played with at that point in time that played lacrosse said he was the best lacrosse player ever. And, and I'll give him credit for being that Bo Jackson-style athlete. Um, I don't want to go much further than that, though. It's hard to compare the eras. It's hard to do the LeBron versus R. Michael thing. regardless. Yeah, it's it's a sad loss. I mean, if you're yeah. the Browns, a similar it, organization I mean, if you're part here. of his family, condolences to his family. And, um, you know, it just it is what it is. I, I just... I, I'm not trying to to make it sound like the guy was just a total douche, but I, I mean, it's out but there. But he was. It's From out there. It's out there. It is what it is. There's no hiding it. Listen, we can't change history. It is what it is. If you're a scumbag, you're a scumbag. I, I'm not. I'm not going to. So hold on. Are you? Is what? this is this an is official announcement? Inducted? Is he in the scumbag? He's whole being thing? inducted and posthumously. Scumbag Hall of Fame. I yeah. think a lot of people yeah. that knew him would would agree with that. A lot of people that knew, and it goes back to what you said, how not a lot of people came out of the woodwork and said, "Oh, R.I.P. Jim Brown." But then there were people that he knew and that he was close to um, that he paved the way for that didn't go to bat for him when he passed recently. They didn't. They didn't have as much yeah, to say. I, I, I don't care. I that didn't surprise me. That no. didn't surprise me at all no. because I seen stuff like that. That was on there. And and I'm thinking to myself, why are all these people that you would expect to, to you know, say something for this guy, say something and and be, I guess, humble about it? But they, they didn't give a shit. And, and you know what? That's today's day and age and social media and whatnot. You're going to get the opinions of a lot of people. Well... That took a turn, but in saying R.I.P. Jim Brown. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. Adios. Bye con Dios. Condolences. Uh, moving on to people that are still alive. Tariq Woolen. 
uh, pro bowler, second-year corner for the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, he was the interception co-leader in the NFL last year. Fifth-round pick who kind of came out of nowhere, uh, who absolutely tore it up last year and made it to a Pro Bowl, uh, having knee surgery today. That's um, that sucks. Hopefully he's ready by the time. Well, they starts. are saying it will only sideline him until training camp. Okay. So supposedly he should be ready to go by training. He, camp. He's a talent. He's actually somebody that I wanted the Lions to look at last year, and they didn't. But now, I, I mean, so, I think he went a little higher than people expected. Well, he was a fifth round pick. Do we think he's the? Do we are we ready to buy completely in on Tariq Woolen? Like realistically, I, I think he's better. I personally think he's his skill set because he's long. He's a Sauce Gardner type guy with the size at six four, playing press corner. He's 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 really good. He showed that last year in that Seattle defense. The issue is. Is can he sustain it? Now he's having knee surgery. These longer guys get beat up faster than smaller guys. You hit Remember something perfect. That. You hit something perfect when you're talking about sustaining it. Um, little little conspiracy theory that I have. Um, second year corners in the NFL. That's where they get separated from. Was last year a fluke because it's common. It's common practice. Like we just had Sauce Gardner was arguably the best corner in football last year let alone best rookie. Yeah, he was um, high. Tariq Woolen was second. He had a monster year. That being said, there tends to be a drop-off in second-year corners. It happened a couple years ago with Trayvon Diggs. Um, it happened with Darius Slay in his second year here. Yeah. It's not an indicator of how good or bad they're going to be. It's just it's what separates the greats from the really good ones. Um, personally, I think Tariq Woolen is going to be good just based on their secondary. They have the best secondary in football. They brought in Devin Witherspoon. Uh, He's still got Diggs back there. And I think for that reason, he was going to be a, a pretty good player this year. And that's the the anchor of their defense, of Seattle's defense, is they're going to be tough. It, to it wouldn't on. surprise me if he, he eventually takes the move to safety because of his size. I think that is is an option for them also. I truly see that happening. I was predicting a drop-off for him, though, and I think he is going to drop off, and that's another... We've we've talked a lot of shit about Seattle the last couple weeks, and another notch in the cap right there. Yeah. I think it's, it's another like, reason they're going to struggle. That's a big one for them. That's... I mean, that's huge. He was a back... Realistically, I mean, he was... He was one of the backbone players for that defense yeah. last year, you know? And I don't think anybody expected that, but my God, uh, that's just... That's pretty devastating news for them. He's supposed to be back by camp, so so fingers crossed but, that that's. But see, still, you know, but that's you never also know. Pete Carroll saying you never that, know. which could very uh, easily be complete bullshit. I'm sure it's just dog shit. Pete Carroll is dog shit. <laughs> have Have you two debated out the Pete Carroll thing yet, or no? No, we could yeah. do that eventually, though. Yeah. We're gonna have to do that. Are you Are you a fan of Pete Carroll? Yeah, I mean, I was a I was a massive USC football fan. Um, they're they're my second favorite team ever. Was the, those early two thousands SC teams, and I just yeah. I think you can't recreate. It doesn't happen very often. It's three to three or four coaches all time that went did it in college. Then John went and did the pros. John Robinson. Um, who else? Jimmy Johnson did it. Yeah. Um, well, Uncle Sam's a big fan of Jimmy Johnson. I. I think Jimmy Johnson is one of the best coaches of all time. Big to say. You the saw least. his ass get stomped at the Silverdome, though. Thirty. Years I'm sorry. Ago. You saw his ass get stomped out at the Silverdome. Yeah, I did. Thirty-two. Yeah, years I did. Ago. That was his uh, first year as 
the Cowboys coach. And they won it next year. Credit to them. Uh, they won three Super Bowls. A <laughs> little bit more injury news. Um, so none other than Zach Wilson was taking reps with the Jets' first team today in practice. Watch out. After it was announced that Aaron Rodgers would be out for the rest of the day with an ankle injury, he was seen on the sideline favoring his uh, right ankle, and the staff was working on it on the field before he left practice today. So 38-year-old quarterback, first day of OTAs. No worries. Ankle problem. And then, Gangrene Nation, to follow that up, their new toy, Alan Lazard, goes down today. Uh, was down on the field for what people are saying was a couple of minutes and was surrounded by teammates before being helped off of the field. So well, I don't think anybody needs to concern themselves with any of this as long as Randall Cobb, the ghost of Randall Cobb, is still in the building. I think we're good. Uh, Zach Wilson said he was going to make whoever that dude's life is hell in practice and I mean, it doesn't count really if Aaron Rodgers didn't do much in practice. You sure but you didn't kick Aaron Rodgers in the ankle. I don't. Yeah, I thought you were gonna say balls. I was waiting for you to say balls because I was gonna queue up. Well, Aaron Rodgers doesn't have any fucking balls, but <clears throat> but maybe he did kick him in the ankle. That being said, uh, from all accounts of people who are there, and there's a lot of people that are watching that Jets practice in Florham Park today. They say Zach Wilson looks very good. Um, he's hitting every pass, and good for him. But I mean. Personally, I love too the little, too late. It's too little too practice, late. It's practice, dude. It's practice. It's practice. It's practice. Everybody looks good in practice. Too little, too late. But I love the concept of Aaron yeah. Rodgers just being a little banged up week one. Because I, I know you're big on Gang Green. I am oh, not. Yeah. Um, I, I'm big on them because I think Rodgers puts them to another level. I mean, let's let's be honest. If Rodgers would have been on that team last year, they would have been a playoff team. Probably. Probably. Yeah. But uh, first OTA and he went down a level. Yeah. So. We'll see. It's uh, I'm I'm dancing on the grave way too early, but let me have this. I fucking hate that guy. Let me have this, please. <laughs> um, I have the chance to talk about Tom Brady, so I might as oh, well. Oh God! Uh, he is now a minority owner of the Las Vegas Raiders organization after uh, a whole bunch of undisclosed stuff happened, and he must have he purchased part of uh, an ownership stake of some sort in the team. What does this mean? Now, essentially... Big Al is rolling over in his fucking grave right now. That's not true. I bet oh, yeah. you if Al Davis Big was still Al alive, him and Brady would have been right now. Either what way. What the fuck is my fucked up son doing right either now? Either way. That's what he's saying. From tuck rule to owner. What is my from son doing? From tuck rule to That's owner. stupid hair. Stupid fucking <laughs> making dumb decisions. I can see him right now losing his mind. Essentially, this squashes the, the Fox deal. That's completely too bad. Because, well, yeah, uh, because then it's a conflict of interest. Correct. So he cannot be a broadcaster for the NFL and own the team. God knows. If- I, I don't think he'd be a very good broadcaster anyway. I think it's better that he stays out from the camera, to be honest with you. Well, no, I thought he, I think he'd be very, very good in front of the camera. Oh, I don't. I think he'd be horrible. Well, why? I, I just do. Something about it says I mean, he's gorgeous. He has a great voice. No, he's, he's kind of fucking articulate. robotic and any dude gorgeous. Yeah. He looks like Frankenhead. Anyways. So now um, Tom Brady owns Jimmy Garoppolo. I think okay. there's there's levels. <laughs> there's levels to it, too. Um, him and Mark Davis. I don't know how they got linked up, but 
Mark Davis is the majority owner. It's important to know that the NFL, there's not a lot of teams that just have like 100% ownership. Correct. Mark Davis doesn't have 100% yeah, not, ownership. Yeah, not everybody team. can be. Uh, the Fords or England? Jerry Jones huh? or, or Bob Jerry Kraft. Jones, Bob there's a lot of ownership groups, and it, I'm, I'm sure that there's a level of, oh, we're going to do some winning here. Uh, him and Mark Davis also co own the Las Vegas Aces. Just a little fun fact there, the WNBA team there. So I'm sure Brady's just trying to capitalize on on the growing sports market that is Las Vegas. That being said, it's going to be awkward within the next year or two when he inevitably, I know you disagree, when he inevitably has to fire Josh McDaniels and figure out what they're going to do at quarterback with his buddy Jimmy G. Um, so I think that's going to be a little bit awkward, and who knows? Maybe at that point is when he'll when he sees how much of a dumpster fighter the Raiders are, that's when he'll sell out and then head over to Fox for significantly more money. That could be true too, because yeah. I mean you have to figure that was what it was like thirty five million ish a year with Fox. So mm-hmm. God knows, maybe he could sell out in a couple of years, probably make double what he was going to make at Fox, and then you know. I know go. you hate Buck and Aikman. What was he? Was he going to do color or was he? Was he, he was gonna... taking? Uh, who's the tight end? He was taking Greg Olson's spot. Who's who's spectacular? By yeah, I, Greg, Greg Olson is, is very good. I I actually really like him. I think he's so much better than Tony Romo. My God, is he's good. more likable too, which is important. You just don't like Tony Romo. If you if Tony Romo played for any other organization than the Dallas Cowboys, Jesus Christ, you would no, love it, dude. It ain't that Tony Romo. Tony Romo's your kind of dude. dude. What kind of dude? An average white guy. Dude, with this trying to guess what play they're going to do next, he needs to fuck off with that. <laughs> Nobody wants to listen to him, dude. I, I had to take fucking aspirin after listening to him talk. I had to shut the sound off. He had to medicate. This man had to medicate after listening to Tony Romo. My God. Um, I, I think that Joe Fox Buck. is in a weird spot. I know you hate Buck and Aikman. I, I actually think Joe Buck is, has gotten I, I better. I don't mind Troy Aikman mm-hmm. that much. Because he's, you know, got a thousand concussions. I don't mind him, but Joe Buck needs to stick to baseball. He needs to stick to fucking baseball. Stay out of the fucking football realm. He's awful. I, I don't hate him, and I think they were. I think they've added some goodness to Monday Night Football. That being said, that's major shoes to fill for Fox, and they need a pretty good play-by-play guy to pl- to pair with. I can't even talk to you. They need a really good play-by-play guy to pair with Brady to make it make sense. And, I mean, it doesn't matter you got to have anymore. somebody that's a consummate pro do it with him. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, somebody I don't know. I thought that him and get. Greg Olson would have been a nice <clears throat> duo together, to be honest. Well, but, who does the play-by-play, though? That's yeah, that's true. Uh, see, right here, this is why you need to get this, the, the sound effects working. All this Troy Aikman talk, and we don't have the – he starts coming, then he pulls out. Do you see what I'm doing right back here? here? Whatever. Whatever. We need to get that bit back in here. That was my favorite of all time. Yeah, where's mine at? The the horse head? Well, on the soundboard. Yeah. Anyway, whatever. Uh, next up, big fantasy uh, implications here. Uh, one of my favorite players in the NFL and my all-time favorite fantasy player. Austin Eckler will now be staying with the Chargers on a reworked deal that includes up to $2 million in performance-based incentives. That is going to have a huge year. Very good. I mean... <laughs> If there's one player in the league I feel like you didn't need to give performance-based incentives to, it's Austin Eckler because every year is just the numbers are off the off the charts. So, I mean, I don't think that I, was, I think, it was I never a question about him. performance. Listen, he's basically going to play for his last contract here. So guess what? After this year, he's going to sign on with somebody for maybe a one- to two-year deal, and that, that's going to be it for him. 
Well, yeah, he's going to be a free 20, agent this year. He'll be 28 this year. Yeah, yeah I mean, come on. I mean, he's kind of rounding out the he's kind of rounding out the prime years. And right. I love that movie made earlier in the off season where he kind of was stomping his foot like a baby. I I loved it because I don't think he's gonna win in in L A. I I want to see him win. He's a good player. He's fun to watch. We all love that he's cognizant of fantasy football too, which is oh, outstanding. Yeah. Um, that being said. I don't. I don't know if he wins just by rework, reworking his deal for more guaranteed money. Like good for you, but I don't know how long that Chargers experiment's going to last. Personally, so I think he'll around. be out this year. I think this yeah. will be his last year as a Charger for yeah. sure. And then someone will take a flyer on him next year in the last year of his deal. And it's a matter of if he's. Hey, you know, hopefully he can catch on next year to somebody that's actually going to challenge for a. A serious challenge for a fucking championship. Or maybe he'll McCaffrey. Maybe he'll get traded at the deadline yeah, this year. You never be, know. Because yeah. I think that's a dumpster fire franchise, too. I think they're fitting great at Philly. Everyone. You... Everyone will fit in great at Philly at this point. Yeah, you just won. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't go to Georgia. He's not a fit in Philly. Um, the Broncos made kind of a surprising move today, releasing their uh, only tenured player from their Super Bowl team. Uh Brandon McManus, the kicker there, uh, who's been there the last nine years, cut today. One of the better kickers in the league. Uh, this one kind of surprised me. I just, you don't really hear any. He's had, he's had some injury issues the last couple of years, and he's missed some time. So maybe they're thinking, listen, it's Denver. You could fucking sign anybody could kick there. Altitude. I mean, Christ, man. Altitude. That's true. Anyone who kicks there tends yeah. to do well because that ball sails. That ball sails. Yeah. Here, I know a team that should sign him. Uh, there's a team that I wanted them to draft a kicker this year, and they didn't because they need someone to challenge their kicker that they signed last year, who I don't love, who's coming back this year. And you always need a kicker battle in camp because that's what pushes your kicker to be good unless you have a sure thing. Why not let history repeat itself and get a recently released Denver Bronco and bring them here in the Detroit Lions? Why don't they take a run at Brandon McManus for training camp? That might just work, eh? Well, yeah. That it's better than work. rolling the dice trying to grab people off well, the fucking street like they were doing last year. I they, think it's a better option than Michael Badgley, too. Sorry, what were you going to say? They they uh, brought in uh, Brett Maher today the Denver, Broncos to did? work him out. Yeah, so. Who, who was good last year until... Yeah. Until, you know, that little debacle in Tampa, which we were all watching that horrible playoff game just to see how many field goals and extra points Maher was going to miss. And it was, it was fun. We had fun doing that. So Yeah, they kept the ticker going for that one. Um, so there were some rule changes uh, that happened. I guess this is the what I, they call them, the spring meetings, the owners' meetings, whatever they are, currently going on in Minneapolis. The, yeah, where they set the, uh, script. the script for this year. Yeah, uh, those are happening currently, uh, and there was a change made that will affect special teams players everywhere. Uh, fair catches and touchbacks go to the twenty-five now as well. So that one's interesting. And you know so what? You're trying to tell me is this on a punt also? Fair Any, catching on a punt? I'm. I believe so. That if they kick it deep, they're going to fair catch it and have it at the 25? The rule was fair catch or touchbacks. On kickoffs. Well, it was already that way. A, a, a touchback on a kickoff was already there. So what are you saying? That they can run up and fair catch the ball in play? On a kickoff? Yeah, so it was. it's the same as it's the college rule. So what you can right. do is wherever you fair catch it, 
on a, on a kickoff. Right. And it could be within the 10-yard line. If you fair catch it there, you're going to get the ball. I think at the 20, they moved up to 25, 25, which is the same as college. They moved okay. up no matter what. So it's to incentivize. Yeah, it's to incentivize the guys to to fair catch the ball because what you're doing is mitigating. that. Those are car accidents. Those are full-blown. Kick returns are full-blown car accidents. You have 20, sorry, 11 guys on one side and 11 guys on the other side running at each other full blast, and then 11 of those guys are trying to kill people. They're trying to kill one dude with the ball. Um, so so you want to you wanna mitigate that as much as possible. I understand it. I'll say this much. The NFL has done a lot, in college, have done a lot to curb that. They've done a lot to curb the, the brain damage, the CTE damage that comes from kickoff and punt return. And it always seems like they're still eventually able to shake it. The special teams coaches still figure out a way to make it happen. Um so who knows? We'll we'll see where that goes. I think early it, on know, that's going to be tricky. And to be honest with you, though, if you watch games now, just about every kicker in the NFL can put the ball through the end zone. I mean, about they, every kicker they should be able now. to easily. Yeah. And, and, and how many times do you really see an actual fucking kickoff unless the guy's five yards deep and taking it out? I mean, my guess is you're going to see kickers not booting it through the end zone for that exact reason because they know right. they can do it. So they'll kick it straight up, incentivize the guy. You know, hey, you're within the five, you're within the ten. Maybe you should not fair catch it and come play for your car accident. Right. Let's see what happens. <laughs> Fuck around I mean, and find out, many, as the kids say. How much more rules do we have to implement for safety? I, I mean, it's getting to the point where now it's getting kind of fucking ridiculous. I. I I, I don't agree with a lot of them. The roughing the passer rules are garbage. Uh, this shit here with taking... I mean, you're already taking out most of the game. The fair catch rule in general took collisions out of the fucking game. I, re I remember the, the reason why they became, on the punt return, the fair catch rules... Where it was because of guys like Leonard Thompson, who used to blow up the punt returner every time he would be near the ball. And and I get that part of it. I understand why they did it with punts. Kickoffs, I mean, it is what it is. It's part of the game. Are we trying to take kicking out of the fucking game at this point? Because that's what it's coming to. Um, couple other things from the meetings. Uh, weeks 13 through 17. Thursday night games are now able to be flexed. I, what, what, what does that mean? They There's discretion to... And they're also able to flex Monday night games, too. Correct. They're able to flex Monday and the primetime games to ensure... Because they're planning these primetime games in advance. Okay? They're planning these primetime games in May. When you don't know, you know, we got the Denver Broncos stuffed down our fucking throats the first two months of the season last year. They're in primetime four or five times, and all of their games were bad, and they lost every one of them. So to prevent that from happening, uh, I think the goal was to, well, you know, here's what we're going to do. We're going to leave gonna open, open gates. up the flex. Okay. No, the, the games could just get flexed. Right. That's They could just get flexed. Well, like, they could just take a team who they want then. Week yeah, 16. Game, a game, a game. I don't have a problem with that. That's fine. That's fine. You know what? It's all about ratings. <laughs> In the grand scheme, I the the angle. I think it was uh, uh, John Mara, the owner of the Giants, the majority owner of the Giants. I should say that came out okay. and brought up a really good point. He said, "You know, we're we're fucking over the fans that circle these dates and plan this." And I am one of those people. I love to circle dates and road games. I'm not going any into that part of the season. I don't think, at least not at the moment. 
Um, so I guess it doesn't affect me this year, but I'm sure there's going to be a point in time where it does affect us. But then there's a benefit. You know, the Lions have gotten flexed into Sunday night football and lost to the Packers a few times over the years. And uh, I think they were flexed into that game last year, right? Or was it a scheduled Sunday night game? I, th- I can't remember. Thank you. I don't remember. Reg- uh, no, they regardless. did get flexed in the one. Yeah, flex. Yeah, 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 so, yeah. so the flex in the grand scheme is for everyone's benefit. I think a lot of people have made noise. Like Rod Wood voted against it. The Lions were one of the eight teams to vote against that. By the way, Rod Wood voted against it. He goes, "I'm really. It's not even that big of a deal. It's just that they're flexing Monday nights too, and I want to crawl before we walk. Flexing both of them could cause a problem." And then Roger Goodell came out today and said, "Listen." It probably won't even happen very often, and if, if at all, it's just a contingency that we have to well, have. And I agree. I don't trust Roger Goodell. I'm gonna listen to what he. Well, I'm gonna circle one game here right off the bat. Week 16, Thursday Night Football, Saints at Rams. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I will say this: yeah. you don't know where either of those teams are going to be well, at that. At, you could say that about everybody, but I mean, well, we Sunday Night know. Football, I, Week Sixteen, Patriots at Broncos. So I don't know the date for that Week Sixteen game, but imagine if you're a Saints fan that's like, I want to go see SoFi, I want to go to LA yeah. for Christmas. That's that's who gets fucked in that, and that's the only that's the only con, right? That's Correct. the only con is the people who travel for games. The pros outweigh the cons. Well, and what did they say? Only nine percent of all NFL viewers have ever been to it inside of an NFL stadium. Them's is missing out. Really? Agreed. But yeah, so that's why they were huh. like, who are we going to cater to? The people going to the stadium or the people at home watching? Yeah, you can't. You, who do they make more the money ratings. off? You, the you money already know the who they make more money off. Exactly. They don't make money off of people that go to the fucking stadium. The money comes from every one of those fucking Whopper Whopper ads. That pays for the entire <laughs> exactly. budget of the NFL. That pays more than the stadiums do. Um. So I know there was, while well, I was here reading, there were some ramblings about Roger Goodell. Uh, Jim Irsay, most likely after a oh, uh, uh, fifth of uh, Captain Morgan today, came Should out. Should we take and said, a sip every time Jim Irsay's name? Comes every up? time we say Irsay, we take a shot. Yeah, uh, he came out we today need to do and that. said, "We need to get we'll a bottle out. We'll get a bottle of whiskey." Every time Jim Irsay goes and fuck in front of the camera <laughs> or speaks to a reporter, everybody has to do have, a shot. Have you ever looked at his Twitter? Oh, it's he no, can barely fucking spell. I yeah. mean, it's awful. It's just like, imagine a drunken guy at a bar rambling, but just typed out in sent. But there's also no NFL owner <laughs> with more of a presence on Twitter than Jim Irsay, so true. I love it. I mean, give him a bottle. Give him, I'll give him, give him that. Let's go. At least he, he's not fucking he's cool. scared to put himself out there. Mm-hmm. You'd love to hang out with Irsay. I would. Yeah, I, I would. Mm-hmm. There's two guys I want to drink with. One is Jim Irsay. The other Dan one's Campbell. Dan Campbell. Uh Jim Irsay came out today and said that NFL owners will be extending Goodell's contract through 2027. It is virtually a done deal. Is you what he you go first. Who's contract? You go first. Goodell. Roger Goodell. Roger Goodell. They're extending him? Extending him till 2027. Correct. Here, here's, here's the problem <laughs> with that. I mean, when you start guaranteeing somebody their job, and that's what it is right now. So it's this guy has no ramifications. It's, it's guaranteed job, period. What has he done that has made the league better? Pete Rozelle grew this game to where it is today. Put the draft in primetime, Pete Rozelle. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Uh, Tagliabue did that, but put the draft on TV. It was Pete Rozelle. Correct. Big deal. Rozelle was uh, an innovator. Mm-hmm. What has Roger Goodell done beside fuck up every rule, every 
he's it's like he's making it up as he goes. So nothing is ever followed with him. I'm gonna devil's advocate this one because I want to preface with I don't like Roger Goodell. I just think he's got douchey tendencies. That's all. I just I, he just looks like a snake. He looks like an anaconda. Um, that being said, it's my job to put you in check right now, Uncle Sam. And this is how it works. And it works like this across all sports. The trajectory of the money made in the NFL has gone like this since Goodell has taken over. And it's important to remember that commissioners, they have the fans in mind. They do not work for the fans. The commissioner is the voice of the owners. Okay? There is no voice of the fans. We're fucked. We're absolutely fucked. We are the voice. And then the well, voice. We are yeah, yeah. We, we are, tip, tip balls is the voice of the fans. That's right. Uncle baby. Sam is the voice of the fans. Uncle Sam. I'm is the, the voice of, of everybody that has to put up with watching that bullshit every week. So, so the owners, their voice is Roger Goodell. Obviously, the players have a rep and whoever the union leader is, and he works for the people. He works for the slave owners. He he's the one that he's the he's the head, the top of the snake. Are you trying to say he's the he works for the plantation bosses? No, he is. He, if there's some sort of like, that's what it is. That's exactly yeah. what it is. Yeah. And I, um, I, you know what? I I agree. I I agree with that. But the thing is, with Goodell, there's there's never there's always. How should I put this? When you got to show balls, he never does. When you got to stand up, how and about say, this? You know what? This is fucking wrong. This is what we're going to do. And this is what's going to be done from now on. They don't do that. They're almost always always tone deaf. Jump on the next thing that's popular. And that's why I can't fucking stand him. Because he never puts his fucking foot down the right way. A derivative of that, and it goes back to what you said earlier about Jim Brown, is they just get so many situations wrong where maybe it's not specifically his job to step in, but it's going to get to his desk eventually. A fantastic example is we're watching DeMar Hamlin die on the field. And I I have to go back and listen to what you guys said about DeMar Hamlin. But by the way, there was no better place for DeMar Hamlin to, to have that episode than on the field that day because he got immediate medical attention. He was right by a hospital. They had an ambulance. If he was at home, he dies. I just want that out there. That being said, they're sitting there for an hour and a half debating if they're going to play a game that the players already decided 10 minutes into that episode that they weren't fucking playing. Correct. Okay, right. that was a no-brainer, and and that's just one example on a long list of. There's big ones, there's small ones on no-brainer decisions that Goodell's just not good with. Um, it is what it is. That being said, I'm it's devil's advocate. Gary Bettman, everyone hates him for canceling hockey in '05. He's changed the game for the better, and he's made the league a lot of money. People hated David Stern, made the league a ton of money, and turned the NBA they, into what it is David today. Stern to fucking come back. Yeah, well, he's dead, but. He, I mean, without without Stern. <laughs> without without Magic and Bird and David Stern having the wherewithal to say, you know, I got Magic and Bird. Goodell doesn't. I'm I'm with you. There's no major thing that he's done for the better. Like he he loves to. You say, what has he done for the league? For the league, what has he done? Pete Rozelle did stuff for the league, as you said. Uh, uh, what's his Tagliabue, Paul, Tagliabue, Paul Tagliabue did a lot for the league. This this guy hasn't done anything. No, I'm I'm he with you. Do I'm anything? With you. He's he's no fun. And you know, this, the NFL this, was not and, the, and the no fun league until Goodell. The NFL this year is they're trying to get women into football. Listen to me. 
Listen to me. And I don't, oh, I don't care. You can call me a fucking sexist, oh, whatever. Football is a fucking man's sport. If women wish to watch it, fine. Stop fucking catering. The next thing you know, it's 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 Bud Light throughout the fucking stadiums. What are we doing here? What are we doing? It's a guy's fucking sport. Men play football. Women don't play football. You want to play flag football with all the other girls? That's great. Fucking great. But this is pro football. It's it's It needs to stop. It needs to stop. Stop catering to the fucking other people. You're losing your core fan base with bullshit. He's spoken. I mean, he just threw the hands up. And if like you don't, this, if you don't fucking like what I got to say, you. I don't give a fuck. Don't watch. Wow. Well said. What about you with Goodell, Sam? Real, I, I real feel quick. like we need a disclaimer after that for some reason. Wait, wait, what are you going to sue me? Sue me? I ain't got shit. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> what are you going to get? My red pickup truck? My my 2009 pickup truck? Go for it, asshole. Your bifocal Milwaukee safety goggles. Yes. Those are big. <laughs> you want to hit Uncle Sam where it hurts? You come after those. Come after the Ryobi lawn equipment and the goggles. <laughs> um, my thoughts on Goodell. Okay. It's always the problem is my biggest issue with him is what he does as far as suspensions and punishment goes, right? Like, and I get it. All of this shit is discussed between him and the CBA and whatever, but like they have the information before we do. They have investigators that watch all this shit prior to us. They know more than we know. Why the fuck does it take him so long to come down I'm not, and fucking put his foot I'm down. I'm not talking about how long it takes him. I, I That's part of it. Okay, that's I'm talking about the actual, like, okay, let's be realistic here. The Calvin Ridley punishment last year. Tone deaf. That was fucking awful. Tone it deaf. was tone deaf. The entire fucking world is gambling on sports on their phone. It didn't affect the outcome of games. It wasn't on the games. At the end J-Mo. of the day. The, yeah, that thing that I don't understand. Listen, they ruined Josh Gordon's career. You took my over next point. Marijuana. You took my next point right out of my they mouth. They ruined that guy's fucking career. Realistically, they ruined Josh Gordon's career. Okay? They ruined his career. They ruined Ricky uh Ricky Williams. uh Ricky Williams's career. They ruined fucking all these guys. Randy Moss. They ruined his career. Why? Because he liked to get high once in a while? Listen, if you're getting in a fucking car accident three times every Sunday, four times every Sunday, you need a little pot. Right. Okay, so let's... There's that, okay? And then... Uh, the, 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 I'm going to bring up deflate gate. That to me was oh, God. utter tone, bullshit tone as well. Deaf. <laughs> tone deaf. This is Tom fucking Brady. We're talking about. All right. Then you turn Warren around and you Moon have came out and during that whole thing. Warren moon came out and said, every fucking quarterback does that. What, what, what are we doing? What are we talking about? Okay. Here? And then, I mean, we're going way back, but. The whole Patriots filming the practices, Spygate shit. Oh, that don't surprise they just me, got, cheater. Exactly. Belichick. Um, then we'll go to how he handled. So he handles all of that one way. And then when you have these, the domestic violence shit come up, whether it was Rice, whether it was Mixon, like at the end of the Watson shit, at the end of the day, if there's any question of whether or not there's some sort of physical abuse going on or you are a possible sex offender, 
there shouldn't be this, oh, we're going to do it indefinitely and see what's happened. See what happened things, right? They like to see how the, like, the legal Here we go. Perfect example. Calvin Ridley missed 11 games last year, right? Or was, that, was he suspended the entire season. year? James, James Williams is going to miss six fucking games this year. For not betting on football. For not betting on football. Okay, Calvin Ridley missed out the entire year. The year Ray Rice hit that woman, he was suspended 12 games. Tone deaf. That's my only knock on Goodell. If you want to talk about the business side of Goodell, all you've got to do is look at the valuation over of an, of an NFL team over the last two decades. It has gone up from five hundred million you know to what? five I, billion. I truly think it was going to go anyway. I don't think if, I if do. they I it do. probably I, was, but you know but, but the trajectory like the trajectory is what because is why he gets the guarantee. It's contract. not the same way for hockey. It's not. I mean, basketball has gone up exponentially. Nobody likes fucking hockey baseball. outside. Everybody lives in the north. Look at what happened. Look what happened with the MLB. Nobody watches baseball anymore. Baseball's a, baseball's is dying garbage. at a rapid rate. It's fucking garbage. Nobody wants to watch it. At the end they of the juice day, the ball. they take the juice away. Oh, you're doing roids. You can't do it no more. Oh, you're doing this. <laughs> what the fuck? Make up your mind, assholes. At the end of the day, the, the NFL NBA is unwatchable. I disagree with you there. By the way, I absolutely congratulations agree. to LeBron James for losing that fucking game. Okay. Goodbye. Go away. Give him the finger. Give him Go the back finger. Back to China. We need to, we're going to write the ship here in one second. But Goodell, as a businessman at the helm, as a disciplinarian, as as dealing with personnel issues, I think he sucks. As far as making the owners money, which is his primary role, he makes a lot of money. Well, uh, yeah, he salary? does. My God, Can, yeah. Guess what? If he I was him, I'd want himself. If I was him, I'd want it too, because he is lining the NFL owners' pockets. The TV deals are are That's shit that you could have never imagined happening 10, 15 years ago. The the I'm sure he's not the one be- solely behind all. And I'll tell you this much: yeah, soccer is probably the only thing that's close. But everybody in the wor- football is not an American sport anymore. He has found a way to make football international. I, I truly believe that 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 this is going to happen regardless. No, it's not of him. No, it's not. I do. No, it's I do. not. I feel that it was going to happen regardless. Disagree. Of him. Football is huge in other countries. It's huge in Europe. It's it's fucking huge. I'm telling you. We're gonna look back on this shit in a couple of decades, and Roger Goodell will probably be one of the when best businessmen of this generation. In a couple of in another long after Uncle five Sam years is gone. when I'm dead. Five years. And and it goes to the fucking Europe and all over the place. You can say, hey, the crazy guy was right. There's a couple things I want to cover, so we need to move on from Ro- the 10 minutes we just spent on Roger Goodell. Uh, they announced Super Bowl 60. Oh, God. It is going to be in San Francisco, and the draft for 2025 will be in Green Bay. Uh, can I Which... say something about the San Francisco thing here? Sure. The Super Bowl? Uh, I don't know. How the fuck are they going to have a Super Bowl there? It's a shithole. Uh, I'll explain because I've been to the stadium. I promise I'll explain it to you. No, I don't mean I don't mean. Go ahead. We'll do with that the first, and then I'll so I'll, I'll tell you Green. exactly okay. why. Because the stadium strategically, and the Niners nailed this. As someone that's been to San Francisco a few times over the last decade, well, it is, Santa Clara. it's atrocious. San Francisco yeah. is my least favorite big city to visit. It's disgusting. It's expensive. But... They built that stadium in Santa Clara. They built right. it in Silicon Valley where there's more money than anywhere else in this country right now, more than South Florida, more than New York, more than Austin, Texas. There's more money in Silicon Valley, more than Seattle. There's more money in Silicon Valley than anywhere else in the country. And they built a beautiful, accessible stadium that's not far from those cities. You could fly into San Francisco 
and still not have to go north into the big city and risk death or risk getting your rental car stolen. And you can go south, <laughs> and you can stay in some really good suburbs. You can stay in Palo Alto on Stanford's beautiful campus. You can stay in San Jose, which is incredible. The, sta- the stadium's in Santa Clara. It's nice there. Uh, you could avoid all of that. And San Francisco, it's 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 a serviceable stadium. I saw the Lions get beat there a couple of years ago, and it's a beautiful stadium. It's accommodating. It's in a great location, and you don't have to deal with any of that bullshit. Okay, see, thank God for that. I was going to say I have no problem with the Super Bowl being in San Francisco. That doesn't bother me. The draft in Green Bay, that one threw us. me. No, 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 Bruce. Having the draft in Green Bay versus having it in Detroit, it's like having the draft in Traverse City. What? Okay, I guess. So. One, okay. where do you put everybody? Two, it's going to be cold as shit. Three, there's nothing there. So in in terms of nightlife, um, I had a really good experience when I was in Green Bay just for the football game. There's no nightlife. You cannot get a hotel in Green Bay. On a game day or within two days of game day, within about 50 miles. The closest you'll get is uh, the closest you'll get is for a lot of the t- for a lot of the big games. It's Milwaukee. Milwaukee, which is three hours away. It's it's a tough drive, two and a half hours, give or take. And there's other places, Oshkosh, that you can come from. Uh, I'm not going to get into Wisconsin geography right now, but it it, it I'll I'll tell you title the title town development that they built it's it's going to be really great for hosting a draft and they get a turnout for every game a lot of it's road fans a lot of it's people commuting people are going to come up from Milwaukee people are going to come from the UP they're they're not going to get the crazy numbers but that's for those fans that's for Green Bay it's for that town that's been a fixture in that league for over 100 years that's what that draft was for it was for them say what you want to say about Green Bay they're the only basically the people own their team. Whatever, dude. True. It was for, true. It was for them. It, I just feel it's like for them. It's for them. Yeah, but it's supposed. To, it's not for them. It's not supposed to be for them. We'll it find is. out if it's for if it's actually for the hometown with the Lions draft because it's really the. I mean, Kansas City's smaller than Detroit, but people will go to Kansas City. There's stuff there to see. Fucking three million people there. Cleveland was a great example. The draft worked in Cleveland, and that's a city where the draft shouldn't work in. So hypothetically, it should work here. It's going to be a little smaller, I'm sure, but I'm sure. Also, there's going to be people that are thinking, "Hey, it's cheaper to get to Green Bay for the draft than it is for a game. Why don't I go there and see the draft? You know, make a weekend out of it." So, I don't know. I, it's, they're going to keep giving them to, to different cities, and I'm okay I'm sure with teams that. Teams probably send fans too. Yeah. Oh, of course. And they're not getting a Super Bowl. Lambo's not getting a Super Bowl anytime True. soon. It's too goddamn cold there. Um, because it's too cold. So this is this is the next thing after years of loyalty and years of it being a pilgrimage. It's going to give different people an opportunity to make that pilgrimage. I think we should have a game in Anchorage, Alaska. <laughs> um, all right, let's move on. I want to talk to about two more things before we end today's show. Uh, and one. We got to talk about some lion stuff. Uh, we're going to integrate it in every week. We've got to spend at least 10, 15 minutes on the lions, our Please. hometown team. So we are going to do that. And today I want to talk about some free agent rumors that we have heard or po- guys who could possibly be good fits here. And I want to get your guys' opinions on them. Um, I did not personally hear this, but Uncle Sam was on the ride in listening to the radio. And, and- I, I heard this knucklehead talk about notable free agents that maybe the Lions should talk to. And they said Kenny Galladay. Galladay. And I was just thinking to myself, 
Why? In what world? In what world? One would anybody here welcome him back? I I, like? I don't I don't know. Listen, I I don't think anybody wanted him here to begin with. That's uh, why they didn't re-sign him. I'll say this much: he he fits a, a need in the terms of his frame. He's that right. big wide receiver that can stretch the field. It's 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 not going to happen here. I think someone will take a flyer on him, and who knows? Maybe he'll blow him, he'll blow whatever team it is away. I think he was underutilized in New York, but I also think he abused some of his privileges here, and he wanted to get out of here. It's not happening here. I agree. I agree with that. It's not. So we can that. write that one off, right? We can just put a line through that. Yeah. Okay. Put a line through his name. Okay. Next up, this one's one I've heard a lot as of late. Yeah, I think it's picking I up. It a long time. Oh, yeah, I think it's starting to pick up a little bit of steam. Frank Clark. Michigan guy, go blue. Michigan guy, uh, I mean, you want to? I mean, he's he 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 was a massive part of that Chiefs run last year. Let's just be real about both it. of I, their I, runs. I, both I'm, of their I'm, runs. To be honest with you, I'm shocked that they did not. I am too, and I'm trying to figure it out because they back. gave Chris Jones massive money, and you can only right. there's something I I didn't know this until recently. I was a little ignorant about it, but. Teams don't carry a lot of interior linemen, and he's he's more of a his hand isn't always in the ground. He's more of a pass rusher, but he when he rushes, he's rushing from the middle. He's not usually rushing from the end. Um, teams don't throw crazy money and crazy roster spots at interior linemen unless they're elite, um, and they don't care. They just don't carry a lot of them. It's going to be an issue for the Lions actually if they want to end up signing a guy, which I'm sure we're going to get to. There's one in particular. Um, the Lions currently are carrying Levi Anzarike. They're carrying um, Ali McNeil. They signed Isaiah Bugs, who we all loved, and they drafted that Broderick Martin. That's four. They only carried three last year. So hypothetically, have, uh, Kaminsky, the end, the end. Yeah, but they. It's. I oh, think yeah, that's Kaminsky uh, playing inside too. It's oh, a no. and the Kaminsky moves inside. Yeah. I think it's a roster thing with them. Number one, number two, they committed so much money to Chris Jones, who was the best D tackle in football last. Well, maybe not the best, but he had the most sacks from that position last year, um, which says a lot. And I'm shocked. I I would love it. I I think it's hard to make any D lineman work from a depth standpoint for the Lions right now because they're not going to carry five of them. They might not even carry four of them. Uh, I would love that though if they, if he was the interior, but he doesn't match what they need unless you have him as a pass rusher. They don't need a pass rushing interior lineman right now. They need a run stuffing one, and I don't know if that's him. But hey, he was one of my favorite players at Michigan. He's got a crazy motor. I think I, you can vouch I, for me there, what? Uncle Sam. I think as far as a rotation goes, they have some young guys here. I I truly believe that you're going to see some of the guys that are still on the roster that are not going to be here come training camp. Always. After training camp. Always. There's people we aren't talking about right now. There's going to be about four or five guys Mm -hmm. that are going to be out of that rotation. Especially because they got way deeper this summer. They got, or this uh, this offseason. I mean, this is the reason why uh, Romeo Quara had to restructure. Mm -hmm. and, And, I mean, he took a massive pay cut. And he could get cut. He could be on that list. Pay cut I know, already. I know he did, and, and he, he could get cut. And he could get cut. His brother, I think, is a lock to get cut. Um, yeah, I don't see them bringing him back. Yeah, it's, I, th- I agree with you. There's, there's major, major depth issues. There's, there's guys that we're not talking about that come September one when all those cuts roll, and we're gonna be like, damn, that guy, that guy, that guy. Like, uh, uh, there's another who's one. His favorite we'll guy. Who's your favorite guy? Oh, Rodrigo. No. no. 
No, the defensive end. Charles Harris. Charles Harris. Charles Harris. <laughs> I mentioned him one if he, fucking if time. If he makes dude. the team, I'll be fucking shocked. One time uh, I mentioned him. Yannick Ngakwe. He's younger than Frank Clark. Yeah, but he's not Frank Clark. But I'm I sure I you can get his him at a. production is Frank Clark. Yeah, but wait a minute, dude. This guy's got like 50, 60 sacks. I'm already. aware. I'm aware. He's a sack machine. Yeah. That's why I think people are linking him here. I, I, I just, I think it's kind of the what you guys said. Like, I don't know if there's room, but there's all these rumors right now. And this one's not the one I've heard the most. Well, who do you think you could get cheaper, Clark or him? Him. I think you get Ngakwe at a big discount compared to Frank Clark. But you're all, I think you're also getting a big discount in in overall talent. Like I, I think Frank Clark instantly changes the dynamic you have up front. Personally. Oh, I do too. Personally. I do too. You say what you want to say about Clark. He was still a viable player. He's still a top player that was on that Kansas City defense. I don't think there was many guys that had his production. Let's do a quick blind resume before we move on. Okay. Bruce, I want you to participate in this. A blind resume. Player, blind resume. Player A last year had five sacks. He had eight tackles for loss, and he had 25 solo tackles. Um, on his career, he has, it looks like, it looks like, sorry, I'm moving really slow. He's got 58.5 sacks, 263 tackles, 180 solo tackles. And I'll go back to the numbers to refresh you guys, I promise. Player B last year had 9.5 sacks. He had 8 tackles for loss, and he had 18 solo tackles. Uh, the year before, he had 10 sacks. And then career, uh, he's at 65 sacks. So I think player A career had 58-5. And there's only a year in age separating these two guys. Yes. Play. Oh, that's it? I, I thought, I thought. Uh, by the way, the second the one you just talked about, that's in Gakwe. That's in Correct. Gakwe. Yeah. And Gakwe has the better numbers. Yeah. 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 Do you think you could sign him cheaper than Frank Clark? They're going to come in at the same. It's, you think? Yeah. And, and I'm sure. Yeah, but Clark has the experience. He has the rings. He's got two rings. He has the experience. Yeah, but in the situation the Lions are in, I, I, I think I think Ngakwe makes more sense for them. I don't know if I like the move as much, but I think it makes more sense than them. I don't think they give a shit about Frank Clark's experience. I think they want somebody who can produce. And Ngakwe, year after year, has produced. Yeah. He's, he's I, I personally, numbers. having Fuck young off. guys like Hutchinson and all these other young guys, you need guys to mentor these guys. You need guys to to teach these guys how to be a consummate pro. And I think that's where I think having a guy like Clark could probably help better than Ngakwe. Maybe not, he ain't going to have his numbers, but he's a, he's a guy that you have to account for. All right. The last one that we need to talk about, and I, I know where this one's going to go, is Quentin Williams. Because I have heard nothing but Quentin Williams, the Lions, ever since he took the New York Jets out of his Twitter bio and put dot, 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 dot. So, go ahead, because I know you have a lot to say about this one. Yeah, it's a no-brainer. 
Um, do I think it's going to happen? No. Do I think the price is going to be high? Yes. I think at least one first, probably two. If there's any team that could afford to give up a first for Quinn and Williams, I think it's the Detroit Lions. They've had four first-round picks over the last two years. Um, I think that that is the missing link, is is the run stuffing that gets pressure on the quarterback interior defensive lineman. I think he is a top three defensive lineman in football. I think you can make the case that he could be number one or number probably number two after Chris Jones. Of course, the whole Aaron Donald argument, we don't know what we're going to get with him this year. Um, the numbers on Quinn and Williams are insanely good over the last couple years. Uh, last year he was 12 sacks and um, 12 tackles for loss. Running backs don't get by him. The defense, yeah, Sauce Gardner was great for them last year. Their defense, the Jets' defense, started with Quinn and Williams. Um, I think it's a no-brainer. It sounds like they're, they offered in the ninety-five four-year $95 million range. I would gladly give him $100 million, and I would gladly give up at least one first-round pick. You could sweeten the pot and send back Aleem McNeil or send someone back. But, yeah, I'm taking a flyer on Quinn and Williams. It's a no-brainer. Um, I don't think it's going to happen. And when there's these situations, I'll, I want to hear what you guys have to say about this. I feel like more often than not, probably like 65% of the time, they get resolved. When there's contract issues, I think they get resolved with the team. We saw a really messy one this summer and with the most guaranteed money in NFL history after we all swore he was never going back there in Lamar Jackson. Um, I think this might end up getting resolved. Um, if it doesn't. I don't think he's going anywhere. Yeah, I don't think he's going anywhere either. But you, you gotta you gotta pick up the phone and make the call if you're Brad Holmes and and see what Vegas, it costs. Can they afford it now after signing Rodgers? The Jets? I, yeah. I think they'll. I think they they can figure it out. When you're talking about a guy of his caliber, I think one you can figure it out. Two, I think if you're the Lions and there's an opportunity for this on the table, I agree wholeheartedly with Zolo. I'd give him thirty million a fucking year. Get this make guy him the here. Highest paid make him the Get highest him here. Correct. Already have it. Get it. On and you are done. 25. 20, 25. I don't even think he's that old. You are he's done. 25, but the only one in his age group is Dexter Lawrence, who's also very okay. good. Who's very good. Um, it's him. The, the three best D tackles last year were Chris Jones, Dexter Lawrence, Quinn and Williams. Quinn and Williams is better than everyone on that list except for Chris Jones. Um, he makes everyone behind you better. You build from the trenches out, and Correct. he's going to make Aiden Hutchinson better. He's going to make whoever's playing to the right of him better. He's going to make your linebackers better. He's going to make your cornerbacks better because they're not going to have as much time to throw the ball. Um, that middle pressure is huge. Middle er pressure is huge. Earlier in the month, Dexter Lawrence got paid four years, $90 million, $60 million guaranteed. It made him the highest-paid defense tackle in football. Quinn and Williams should get more than that. If yeah. I was the Lions, I agree. Realistically, if you are not, if you're not, you shouldn't need first round picks next year to help you get over the hump. No, you're there. You're over the hump. Now you have the you have the beauty of you taking your capital and getting guys who are going to make an instant impact right now. You're the right. Niners. Correct. You're the Niners. Correct. Right now. And they should. If if it's available, you do it and you don't think twice, in my opinion. And I give him whatever he wanted. Yeah. I agree. Ball out. I get I give him the hundred million. Four years, hundred million. You have the chance Listen, to do it. If you're serious about making a fucking legitimate run, you have to do something like that. You have to. Yeah. You need there's a ballsy play and, at and, some and point. What, Correct. Yeah, it's ballsy. Something I mean, sexy's gotta happen. Yeah. And in in regards to the money, like 
the, you won't have a better chance to make it happen than right now with the money. Correct. Because most of your guys on your defense are on their rookie deals. You know, granted, if you bring in a corner or whatever. But Sauce Gardner's coming, or excuse me, not Sauce Gardner. CJ Gardner Johnson's coming off the books next year. They're not going to have him. Next year, you'll have Aiden Hutchinson on the third year of his rookie deal, Brian Branch on the second, uh, Jack Campbell on the second. A lot of your anchor pieces on your defense, Kirby Joseph on the, on the third year. Um, uh, other than Tracy Walker, Romeo Aquara, and then those like savvy vet deals they gave to Bugs and Kaminsky, and Aquara's got a big deal as well. There's money coming well, his, off the books to make this happen. Now than yeah, and he restructured, yeah. and you can keep doing that. And the Lions have the cap to do this right now. This is this is a no-brainer. You can worry about those draft assets next year. I'm not going to be mad if the draft at Ford Field next year, if they don't have the, a first-round pick, if that first-round pick was spent on Quinn Williams and it, and it led to them. Okay, I'm good with that. I'm okay, not mad. I'll, I'll take it for a I'll, first-round I'll pick. I'll shake out there like yep. Connor McGregor and Vince McMahon and walk in and – Gladly give that third round pick, the, the first pick of the draft being in the third round, if you're coming off of success because you made a ballsy play, which the Lions never do. Go do it. Agree. 1,000%. Could have said it better. If they're going to bring in one dude, I'd love for it to be him. Yeah. Pay him. Trade for him. Give up the assets. Do what you got to do. You have D tackles you could send back. Do it. Sorry. Go ahead. No, you're good. Um, you hey, get big- very serious. We get it. Big piece of news out of Orchard Park, New York. DeMar Hamlin was at practice today. Oh, Christ. Is he practicing? Yes, he did individual drills, See that? not team See drills. See that? Y'all fucking freaked out for nothing. He's fine. No, if he was at home, he's dying. Tell, tell him next time, next time, don't don't take that vaccination shot. I have a question for you. Do you think he's a clone? Do you think this is a, a Demar Hanlon? Oh, clone? like everybody was saying, oh, yeah. they didn't she know if it so was him yeah. because he was behind frosted glass. I hate to Stop. say that there's people close to me that think that that's not the same Demar Hamlin, and he died that it's night. The in same Cincinnati. guy. The it's clone. the same guy. Guess what? You'll see. He'll well, be didn't, back. Didn't He'll you back know? Didn't you know Nancy Pelosi's just a, that's just a body double as well. It's not the real Nancy Pelosi. Anyways. I want to say something, but I'm not going to. Okay, yeah, we'll, we'll just call it right there. Uh, I wanted to get into a little bit of fantasy talk today. I was say something about pump, pump it up. I, 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 uh, anyways, uh, I wanted to get into a little fantasy talk today, but you know what? We're going to save that for next week. Next week. Next week, we're going to do we're our start first. Start talking about fantasy. We're and... going to do our fantasy comeback show. Uh, so, Who am I going to take in the first round? Mac Jones, Ryan Tannehill, Ooh, uh, the ghost of Randall Cobb. Uncle Sam will be sitting there and he'll be like, oh, my God, I'm going to take Sam Laporta round one. No, that'll be Bruce. <laughs> Didn't you draft someone who was right? I think he took Hockett. Did you I'm took, sorry? Did you take? Oh, no, you took Kyle Pitts last year. Oh, my God. At the don't one-two ever, <laughs> Don't ever take fucking Kyle Pitts. Yeah, so we'll get my into that. God. We'll get into that deeper uh, next you know what? week. Oh, if you remember my backup guy from the Giants when he got his fucking eye poked out, missed fucking seven weeks, was better than fucking Kyle Pitts? Awful. Awful. You're just awful. awful. You're washed up and what has the been. Fuck. You got your keys out. You're getting up. You're <laughs> well, ready to go. What, what the fuck are you doing? What are you doing? Dak Prescott. My God. Anyways, yeah. uh, I'll give you Prescott. Anything else to add? No, I'm excited yeah, for the, the fantasy. Uh, yeah, we're gonna do fantasy. Fantasy, uh, fantasy bounce back. Save it for them. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of the Tip Balls Podcast. Make sure to follow our socials, Instagram and Twitter at Tip Balls, TikTok, Tip Balls Podcast. 
If you're watching us on YouTube, check us out on Spotify or Apple Music. And if you're listening to us, make sure to subscribe on YouTube and ring the bell so you know when we are live. Have a fantastic Memorial Day weekend, and you'll see us again next week.